listeners, and welcome back to The Nerd is the Word. I'm your host, Carolyn Farnham. I'm your other host, Adam Chisholm. And we're all prepared to make people very angry during this episode. Before we get down and dirty talking about all things nerdy, we are going to do a quick guest introduction. Uh, My platonic life partner, the person with whom I got a Harry Potter tattoo, Miranda Shabowski. Miranda, would you like to introduce yourself real quick? Hello, my name is Miranda. And as Carolyn said, I have a Harry Potter tattoo. So that makes me an expert. It does. It does. Yeah. You got to be real, a real expert to get something permanently inked on your body. So right well, now for the, you, you don't, <laughs> that's, that's the problem with a lot of people, but Miranda is, <laughs> that's, you know what? Fair point. Um, so today, what we're going to talk about is Harry Potter, specifically the eight Harry Potter movies. We are not talking about the fantastic beast franchise because well, it's terrible. So How does this work? Uh, We had our listeners in our Facebook group vote on a poll of the eight Harry Potter movies in order to seed our bracket. And we use that poll to determine the matchups that we are going to discuss today. We're gonna go movie by movie, matchup by matchup and discuss which one should win based on our three criteria this week. Number one, faithfulness to the book, which I'm going to rant about a lot. Number two, importance to the overall story. And number three, the ever-important and consistent aesthetics. Adam, would you like to reveal? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So uh, seated at number eight, very rightfully so, in my opinion, is Deathly Hallows Part One. Number seven, which made a lot of people angry, Half-Blood Prince. Number six, The Chamber of Secrets. Don't know why that one's so low. Uh, Number five, Deathly Hallows Part Two. Number four is the Sorcerer's Stone or the Philosopher's Stone for our friends everywhere other than America. (laughs) Number three, Order of the Phoenix. Number two, the Goblet of Fire. And number one, much to my chagrin, Prisoner of Azkaban. There's a lot of issues with how these movies rank. All right. I have Mm -hmm. said this multiple times on this podcast, and I will say it again. Our listeners are always right. They are never wrong. They get it 100% right every single time. And I'm a chipmunk. (laughs) Yeah, no, this is, uh, this is, this seating is baffling to me. Uh, Deathly Hollows Part 2 being number five on this list is just absolutely insane. It's Prisoner of Azkaban being number one. While I don't hate it nearly as much as you guys seem to, it's definitely not the best. Uh, But yeah. We'll, we'll get into more of that. I do want to say before we start, for the faithfulness to the book thing, I have read this series upwards of 50 times. Um, I actually just reread Half-Blood Prince in two days while I was visiting my mother's house last week. So I have uh, I have read these books so many times. I kill Harry Potter trivia. I will challenge anyone and everyone to a duel in this. So I'm going to have a lot of things to yell about. Um, but let's start with our first matchup. <laughs> Prisoner of Azkaban, somehow at number one, Marco, and <laughs> Deadly Hallows Part One at number eight. Uh, Miranda, why don't you kick this off and I'll be over here seething. Okay, uh, so everybody who says that Prisoner of Azkaban is the best movie, with the exception of Meg, is incredibly wrong. It is an awful movie. It leaves out so much cool stuff and there's quite frankly no reason for it because it wasn't that long of a book like you could have fit stuff in and especially the stuff left out of this movie I think hits on two of our criteria both the faithfulness and the importance of the overarching story the fact that they left the marauders out I think was super upsetting as a fan of the books but also I think really took away from the overarching story because that gets tied in to later things um and it was just a really cool thing so the fact that that whole thing was left out was just such a poor idea, such a terrible idea. Um, and also just just like the vibe mm-hmm. of the movie mm-hmm. sucked. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't like the aesthetics. I didn't like the cinematography. I did not like the design of the werewolf at all. I I was really looking that was something I was really looking forward to seeing was the werewolf uh because werewolves are pretty cool and i found that extremely underwhelming 
I would agree. I have the following to say. Dear Alfonso Cuaron, you are not Guillermo del Toro. You will never be Guillermo del Toro. He doesn't even, he, Guillermo del Toro is not even Guillermo del Toro 100% of the time. And you want it so badly to be him and it didn't work. That is what I want to say to you, director of Prisoner of Azkaban. I have one thing, just another thing that I'm going to say. The fucking talking heads, the shrunken heads were so fucking off base and it completely ruined the tone of the movie. How do you have time for shrunken heads with a Jamaican accent and yet you do not have time to describe who the fucking marauders were? I don't understand, Alfonso. Do you understand? I don't think you do because you ruined my favorite book. Prisoner of Azkaban is my favorite book. Absolutely, 100%. As a kid, the first time I read it, I was like, holy shit, this is like a, a wondrous, magnificent adventure for me to go on by myself in my imagination. And you took it and you chewed it up and you spat it out and then you put it under your heel and you dug it into the dirt. I dislike this movie so much. And a very big reason for that is because I just, I don't think the direction was good. Um, I think that changing from Christopher Columbus to Alfonso Cuaron was a very big mistake because the first two movies had like that, like you can literally see it on like the swatches of the movies, like the color scheme, right? And while The Prisoner of Azkaban should have been done in like blues and like cooler tones because it is when the series gets more serious, it was not (laughs) like Twilight. (laughs) Shout out to Twilight. (laughs) It was not meant to be dark and it was certainly not meant to be weird like even the bartender of the leaky cauldron tom went from a cheerful toothy toothless bartender as described in the books to nosferatu with a crack problem i do not understand why these things were changed the way they were the leaky cauldron was creepy all of a sudden it wasn't like this warm place that harry found a home in we lost so much of the charm of diagon alley where again when we saw it previously it was this place of light and hope and it didn't really become somewhere dark until like book six ish seven ish when Voldemort, you know rose to power the aesthetics of prisoner of azkaban and the fact that it left so much out of my favorite book, I just can't get on board this train, mm-hmm. this night bus. Yeah. Um, I get all <laughs> that. Uh, so many of our longtime listeners uh, will be fully aware I didn't read the books. Um, <laughs> it's not a thing I do. Uh, so coming at this from a different angle, I I don't have the book to compare it to, so I don't. I don't feel bad that they left things out. I do agree the tonal shift was far too early. It, it felt like Alfonso, who I hope listens to this podcast after that rant, um, wanted to kind of push to the darker part of the series far too early. Um, but let me point out some good things. Uh, the first few movies have this all in common, but the casting is great. Lupin, yes. amazing. Uh, uh, Daddy Oldman as Sirius Black, fantastic. Yes. Um, Dementors, visually stunning. I love the aesthetic mm, of the, the creepy Dementors. hand, yes. Exactly. Um, that whole scene, a lot of people make fun of the scene where um, Lupin and Sirius are playing like the pronoun game and oh, are they on, are they bad or blah, 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 blah. I fucking mm. love that scene because it's so well done and I didn't read the book. So I have no idea what's going on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's, it's far from the best Harry Potter movie. Very, very far from it. It's also not the worst in my opinion, because if we flip the script to the other part of this, I do agree that Deathly Hallows part one is the worst. It is so slow. It is so boring. And I get the character development part of it. I understand that. I understand that this whole story for seven books has been about Harry and Ron and Hermione. However, that doesn't change the fact that, you know, that moment early on where the little ball comes into the tent at the wedding and is like, hey guys, shit's fucked up. That's Kingsley Shacklebolt. Cool. Kingsley comes in and is like, (laughs) hey guys, shit's fucked up. And then everything, chaos ensues and we go with Harry, Ron, and Hermione. I want so bad to not go with Harry, Ron, and Hermione and see, in my opinion, (laughs) what should probably be the more interesting side and stay at the wedding and see what happens with the actual war that we do inevitably get to see in Deathly Hallows Part 2. My main problem with Deathly Hallows Part 1 is it is not Deathly Hallows Part 2. But 
Yeah. It, it does do faithfulness to the book, I think, better. And mm-hmm. while it's slow moving, the first half of Deathly Hallows is also quite slow moving. Mm-hmm. To your point, because I shout on Prisoner of Azkaban so much, I will agree that there are some things that are well done. Like the scene with um, Aunt Marge was so funny to read as a kid. And I do think that was very well done in the beginning of the movie. Um, but I also think they left out. Oh, I thought of something else they left out. Oh, the whole the fact that Peter Pettigrew was the Potter's secret keeper. Like they left mm-hmm. that whole bit out of that movie. And that was another just like very important piece of the puzzle that made me angry. I don't think um, they left it out as much as they didn't do a good job explaining it. It was explaining there. Explaining what it was, yeah. Right, yeah. It, it was there, but it wasn't obvious. Like it took me a couple of times watching through the series to realize that. And I'm very aware that the fact that I'm so salty about this is because it's my favorite book. In this matchup, I will say like Deathly Hallows is just so slow moving. There's a reason it's it's pretty low on the list. It's it's entertaining if you're like a big fan of the books and you really loved the Deathly Hallows book, which I did. But looking at the other, like it wasn't super important to the story. They only find one Horcrux in that. And I think it could have honestly been smooshed into a very long movie all at once. Um, there are moments of the, I, aesthetics is a wash for me because I just, I, I really hated the aesthetics of Prisoner of Azkaban <laughs> so much. Oh God, but faithfulness to the book, I think goes to Deathly Hallows. So I don't know where I'm going to go. If I do my fourth uh, invisible criteria of how mad did it make Carol and I would go with Deathly Hallows part one, but with just just the two, I think I think Prisoner of Azkaban is maybe a better movie for people who aren't me. I don't those are my thoughts. I'll, I'll make this easy on you guys. My official vote is Prisoner of Azkaban. Um, oh no! Yeah, oh, no, uh, I... <laughs> so Miranda, where where are you leaning? I'm. I don't know. It's it's hard to because also to Carolyn's point about um, Peter Pettigrew being the secret keeper, like that was also something that tied into Deathly Hallows. Um, in, in my opinion, in a moment um, that was changed in that movie that made me very angry, and it's probably the one thing for that movie that I'm very hung up on at the end of the movie um in that scene in the book peter pettigrew was supposed to die mm-hmm. and as a reader knowing that he was the one who betrayed the potters like that is very satisfying to see um the hand that voldemort gave him turn on him and kill him and that was that was great because that man deserved to die um <laughs> You know, and it links back to something in Prisoner of Azkaban, something that was changed in both movies. Um, I think it's, I think it's probably more of a personal preference as to, again, if you were a book reader or not, Um, because Deathly Hallows is, unfortunately, that part of the story in the books, it is slow. It wasn't going to translate super well into a visual format. For me personally, um, being such a big fan of the books, faithfulness to the books is very heavy for me. So I think I would probably go, I think I would go with Deathly Hallows part one. Carolyn. I am in a position that I dislike because I do think Prisoner of Azkaban is the better movie. It's the more entertaining movie. I think it deserves to go on to the second round so I will vote for it to go on with the understanding that this is only because I think that Deathly Hallows is a worse cinematic experience. <laughs> so are those official votes? Uh, Deathly Hallows for Miranda, Prisoner of Azkaban for Carolyn, and Prisoner of Azkaban I don't know. for me? I don't know how I'm going to sleep with myself tonight. I'm going to just... I don't know drugs maybe I guess well, I, mean, if, <laughs> I get it though if we're if we're going you know we're ranking movies yes it is a more entertaining movie right. I'm not going to argue with you on that I just personally weigh faithfulness to the book more but uh, yeah I oh yeah. no now I feel worse <laughs> <laughs> uh you heard it here first Carolyn does not care about books um <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so moving on to the second one, this is the one that's going to hurt me because these are quite possibly my one and two overall. Um, mm-hmm. But we have uh, Deathly Hallows Part 2 and The Sorcerer's Stone, the beginning and the end. And it sucks that they're meeting in the first round. 
This one's actually a pretty easy choice for me. It's Sorcerer's Stone. Sorcerer's Stone is, is, I mean, it's the first, so it's incredibly important to the story. It's establishing the world. It's doing a lot of, you know, the legwork of building that world. We are introduced to beloved characters. Um, it's beautiful. It is a beautiful movie. And the fact that it was incredibly rushed in its making uh, really speaks to the amount of effort that went into it as well, because they had a deadline that they were very rushed to meet, honestly. Uh, and they still managed to pull off this incredible, visually stunning film. The reason why I can't really vote for Deathly Hallows Part Two in this, it, it comes down to one reason, Voldemort's death. Yes. So when Voldemort dies in the books, he dies as a person. And same thing with Bellatrix, honestly. They die as people. And the whole theme of this book, well, one of the many themes of, these, of this series is that you can't beat death, right? You can't run away from it. And at the end, you're just a person. The fact that Bellatrix is like like disappears after Molly gets her and and the fact that Voldemort becomes Ash ruined the end of the movie for me very very strongly because it kind it just suggested that the, the ideals for which all these protagonists were fighting weren't accurate so mm. i just think that was very poorly done and that's the reason that i can't i can't send it along that makes a lot of sense i never really weighed that before that, that that's actually a really good point uh miranda your thoughts i'm right in line with carolyn i love sorcerer's stone it's to me probably the best movie christopher columbus did such an amazing amazing job really really capturing the magic of the books and the magic of hogwarts and he i mean he set you know he kind of set every other movie up he you know, picked out the locations and it, it was so magical because of what he did. Um, and again, too, really faithful to the books. Um, I was also salty about the potions test being left out and also the Sorting Hat song. I really enjoyed those little tidbits. Um, I think they could have been left in, but that's just me. I hate Deathly Hollows part two. Hate it. <laughs> hate it. Um, really? Yes. I think that a, uh, both Deathly, Deathly Hollows movies, because of what a train wreck the Half-Blood Prince movie was, the Deathly Hollows movies didn't make a lot of sense, I think, especially for people who didn't read the books, because so much of the backstory for those two movies is set up in Half-Blood Prince and it was left out, uh, which I will rant about shortly. <laughs> I will say the one thing that was added to the movies that wasn't in the book that I did really like and I thought added to the movies was the scene in the Great Hall when Harry reveals himself to Snape mm. and was like, how dare you stand where he stood? Oh, I thought geez. that was yeah. a really great moment. Chills um, every time for me. Yeah, and yeah. I enjoyed that. Oh my God. And then McGonagall like jumping in to protect Harry. It was so mm -hmm. good. So I will say that was a good moment in the movie. Um, I think that whole scene is probably the best scene in the whole movie. Especially yeah. when like, uh, like the, I think the, the whispers of, of Voldemort in everyone's heads right after that was even well, really well done. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I think with me, Deathly Hallows Part 2, I do get caught up in the, uh, what's the right word? The, 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 not the pageantry, but the, the, the grandiose, uh, the, the, the conclusion, this, this, yeah. this thing that we've been building up for so long and now we're concluding it. And in my opinion, not in an extremely, um, disappointing way uh, it, it I think the entire movie is pretty well done and it's very fast moving it's never boring um, it's almost never boring um, <laughs> um, but it's um, I, I do I do agree with what you guys are saying the Sorcerer's Stone sets up so much and the direction of it and again the casting of it everything that we love about this series was set up simply mm -hmm. by just the casting alan rickman it's fucking alan rickman i don't think anybody could play severus if they tried to do it again except for maybe adam driver uh maggie smith is again fucking maggie smith um yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's everything that this movie set up is perfect it, it, it's wonderful it the rest of this wouldn't happen if the first movie wasn't that great um the the world building in it the the vibrant colors 
the fact that it was filmed on 30, 35 millimeter film, which just makes it <laughs> automatically feel nostalgic to me. Um, but it, it's, it's a great movie. And uh, my official vote is Sorcerer's Stone. Sorcerer's Stone for me as well. Really? Yeah, Sorcerer's Stone for me. The next, this next matchup is going to be the hardest one for me, really? I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think so for me, but I'll, I'll get into it. Um, this is Seed 3, Order of the Phoenix versus Seed 6, Chamber of Secrets. When I make my notes for this, I color code them. Green is good uh, things about the movie. Red is bad things about the movie. I have two movies in my notes that are all 100% green with no red. And Order of the Phoenix is one of them. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, Sorcerer's Stone is the other. That's not to say Order of the Phoenix is without its problems, but I just couldn't really find anything terrible about it. Like it's starting to set up, like we're starting to see the end game. Like we're, we're starting to get a feeling of what's going to come next. And the, the dread sets, uh, sets in and being set up by um, Goblet of Fire with, you know, the way that that ended um, and getting into just this dark, dreary side of it that's the side of harry potter i love i know like it's magical and wonderful but i we've said it a million times we're gonna put it on a t-shirt we love a good trauma um and (laughs) what's more traumatic than losing your entire family and then finding out you have one kind of family member left and then you lose him too in the movies they didn't do serious black too much justice so like my first time watching this i wasn't very I wasn't taken too back by his death, but going through it all again and, uh, you know, rewatching like it, it's not order of the Phoenix's fault uh, that uh, Sirius Black got a bad. He just nope, got that a, is in fact, Goblet of Fire's fault. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, it's not order of the Phoenix fault that I didn't care that much about Sirius's death. Um, I do now knowing what I know, um, but when I first saw it, it just didn't really get me that much. Um, but we talked about it with our last episode, the scariest villain in all of media. Order of the Phoenix is so good because of how terrifying it is and how honestly realistic it is um, with no one believing Harry and just him feeling so alone and going through all of that is so it really hits you. It, it, it gets you right in the place that nobody wants to be. And that is alone. And I think that thematically is um, why I love this movie so much. Um, but uh, I've, that was a long rant on my part. So I'll, I'll pass it off here. So Chamber of Secrets is actually my least favorite book because it's just weird. It doesn't make a lot of sense. There's a snake in the castle. Oh boy. Um, I, I understand how it like plays out to the bigger thematic moments and things such as the Horcrux, but it's not my favorite book. I think it's a very well done movie. Again, Christopher Columbus was a, a wonderful director and really kind of captured like the color scheme and the and the visceral nature uh, that I wanted to see uh, Chamber of Secrets be. I, I listening to you talk, Adam. I think I am actually leaning a little bit more towards Order of the Phoenix than I thought I would. And the the death of Sirius Black was probably the first death in a book that I ever read about that made me cry because I was so invested in his relationship with Harry. And there were so many moments where I was like, yes, it's finally going to work out. It's finally, no. The fact that Bellatrix did it was like a a really solid moment in the movie. I thought that that was very clear. The battle between Voldemort and Dumbledore, beautiful, right? Like them dueling each other in the ministry, really, really cool. And it is pretty faithful to the book. I think Chamber of Secrets is slightly more faithful, but I think that's just because it's the one of the smaller books, whereas Order of the Phoenix is the largest book. Mm-hmm. So it, you just couldn't include everything in Order of the Phoenix. Um, and then aesthetics, I think I actually like the Order of the Phoenix aesthetics better. Um, it's dark and it's supposed to be dark. It fits there, whereas it doesn't fit for the other movie that I'm angry about. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> And I always find it to be like an interesting tidbit that Dolores Umbridge is one of two people to ever leave a permanent mark on Harry with her, I will not tell lies. He has two scars and one's from Voldemort and one's from Dolores Umbridge. And I just think that's just like a poetic kind of like tragic thing. Yeah. Miranda, how are you feeling about this one? I am being swayed a little bit more towards Order of the Phoenix Mm -hmm. than I originally was. Um, It's a tough one. 
I think it speaks volumes about how well the movie movie was done. The fact that Adam, you enjoyed it so much, especially because I think for a lot of the readers, it was probably everybody's least favorite book. Mm. It's very dry. It is a very dry, very dense book. It is long. Um, I mean, is it super cool? Like, you know, that they started this secret society to like teach themselves. Sure. Great. But (laughs) God was very obnoxious. But training montage though. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I do think that given the source material, it was pretty faithful to the book. It was probably the hardest one to turn into a movie because again, it was very dry. It definitely was difficult to turn that into a visual format. Also, I'm very mad about Neville's parents being left out and also the prophecy, like leaving out half of the prophecy. That one I'm torn on because I can see how to the overarching story, you could leave it out because you got the important part in, but I really love seeing how that tormented Harry later on, knowing that it didn't have to be him. It could have not been him. He could have had his parents and had a normal, happy childhood. And I thought hearing that inner monologue later on and the effect that had on him was really interesting. And I do really miss that part being left out. Hmm. Chamber of Secrets, I love. It's. I honestly don't think I could pick between Chamber of Secrets and Sorcerer's Stone for my favorite movie, just because the aesthetics. Um, yeah. It, they're just so beautiful like so magical and i christopher columbus in my opinion had the best vision for what the world was um so that's tough but i do remember when i first watched that movie being so salty that they left out the death day party <laughs> yes <laughs> and i know it really wasn't important to the overall story but i was so mad about it <laughs> I, I do want to say one thing. Uh, well, two things, actually. First, I don't know if you guys can see my note page or not, um, but I just wrote the nerdiest note on here when I remembered it. Um, during that fight uh, with In Order of the Phoenix with Dumbledore and Voldemort, the water ball, you guys. That the water, water ball, ball is the most insane CGI it was cool. in cinema. It is perfect. In, I just spit all over my computer <laughs> when I said the word perfect and it's worth it. It's so fucking good. Um, anyways, um, the other thing I was going to say is uh, from what I understand, uh, there are some people who want to write me angry letters uh, for things I say in this podcast. And this is probably going to be another triggering moment for that. I get that he's a positive figure in the books and the story as a whole. I don't like Dobby. I really don't like Dobby. I find him so obnoxious. And I know that's kind of what he's supposed to be in this for in, when we first meet him. But I, I just, I can't, I just can't do it. I know it's a bad opinion. <laughs> Don just walked in to save me from these two that are about to kill Don me. Don also doesn't like Dobby. So like, Good. it's okay. I've had this, I've had this discussion. Like I get the, I get the character. I get that he needs to be that way. I just, I find him so obnoxious i can't get around it i know i know (laughs) you know and maybe it's because you haven't read the books maybe that that might be it he's also he's a lot more prominent in the books than he is in the movie his death wrecked me it was sad it was very sad uh but because i just watched the movies and didn't watch or didn't read the books it was another one like Sirius Black where it didn't even even now, even after I know everything, the Dobby death still doesn't really affect me too much. It just I don't I know I'm I know I'm terrible, but I don't like you Slytherins are just heartless. Listen, I am the least I said nothing. <laughs> I am taking that very personally. <laughs> everyone who knows me and everyone who knows I'm a Slytherin knows I am the least Slytherin Slytherin. I am so Slytherin, yeah. I'm basically a Hufflepuff. Um <laughs> But yeah. Your ambition lies in being as lazy as you can be. That is your ambition. And that's why you're, <laughs> my, yeah. my ambition was to find my true Slytherin wife. And now I don't need to be ambitious because she's ambitious enough for the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, I, I actually do think I'm going to grow Order of the Phoenix here. Same. I mean, not that it matters, but I, <laughs> going into this round, I was voting Chamber of Secrets, but I have been swayed to Phoenix. 
Nice. And again, that's nothing against Chamber of Secrets. I do like the Chamber of Secrets. Um, And also like uh, the Dumbledore, I will just say Richard Harris, incredible Dumbledore. mm -hmm. Michael Gambon, can we talk? (laughs) We'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get back around to it. When we come back to Prisoner, we can get back to it. Actually, no. Uh, We're we're getting to it in the next match. The one one more thing I wanted to mention, Chamber of Secrets, because I've said it for every other time a character is first introduced casting jason isaacs as lucius malfoy is say magnifique he is perfect perfect um anyway yeah the the casting director for all of the harry potter movies should be given a million raises Mm -hmm. they did such a fucking good job absolutely (laughs) yeah Um, it is it is the best part of prisoner of azkaban is is the casting best part yeah only good part really (laughs) (laughs) um but moving on uh the last part of the last matchup in round one are seven seed half-blood prince and our two seed goblet of fire i have one question for both of you did you put your name on the goblet of fire (laughs) besides that moment though goblet of fire is a better movie i don't even have to discuss it half-blood prince was very disappointing i didn't mind it as much as other people did i think um but I think Goblet of Fire is overall the better movie. Um, the thing that bothered me the most about Goblet of Fire was the maze was very inaccurate from the books, but that was kind of like the most inaccurate moment. Mm. Um, everything else, um, Karkaroff, beautifully casted. Of course, uh, in the Goblet of Fire, Mad-Eye Moody was wonderfully casted. Um, Tenant as Barty Crutch Jr. was incredible. So again, like casting out of this world. Um, Half-Blood Prince was just kind of flat. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the things they left out were more important. Like the battle at Hogwarts was important. When we had the students facing off against the Death Eaters and the reason they didn't die was because Harry gave them the liquid luck so that they could avoid, like the members of the DA avoided the, the hexes. Um, and Bill Weasley being there to protect them and getting attacked by Fenrir Greyback. There's a lot that was left out there. Besides Slughorn, who I think was an amazing choice again. I, I don't, I just think it fell very flat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim, Jim Broadbent. I had that as one of my notes. He was, that was the last time I was going to mention casting. Uh, Slughorn was casted extremely well. Yeah. Uh, Miranda. These are my two least favorite movies. I hate both of them. <laughs> I don't know how I could choose one to go on to the next round. It like just goes against every fiber of my being. I hate them both so much. (laughs) Goblet of Fire. I I feel like that one, if any book was to have been a two-parter for movies, um, I think Goblet of Fire should have been. There was so much good stuff in the books. And I understand that it's hard to squeeze all of that into one movie, but oh my god, they, they were just so bad. <laughs> like I, I just felt like the, the tasks like individually didn't get the attention that they deserve. One of the reasons I enjoyed Goblet of Fire so much as a book is because it read like a mystery mm. and it, them leaving out all that stuff with Barty Crouch Sr. was so upsetting. Into it also, you know, it did add to the overarching story. It showed what Voldemort was doing for you know the whole the whole past year. It just didn't capture the books as well. And also, too, I mean, the the way Michael Gambon delivered that line, and literally nobody told him to not deliver it that way. It it really just goes against Dumbledore's character to act like that. Like, and it's points that are very much hit in the books. Mm-hmm. Um, he would never manhandle a student like that or like talk to them aggressively. He was very protective of the students. Things that Goblet of Fire did well, um, the casting. Mm-hmm. Gave my boy R. Pats his first movie role, which R. led Pats. him to the greatest movie series of all time, Twilight. Amazing. 10 out of 10. Uh, <laughs> Can't believe he finally turned into a bat. He did it, everyone. He did a full <laughs> circle. It I took him vengeance. a while, but he did that. <laughs> Half-Blood Prince, though, they just left out like just everything about the horcruxes almost it it, everything they so that horcruxes exist didn't really Mm. explain them Mm. i loved half blood prince as the book um depending on what mood i'm in i go back and forth between these two books um which one is my favorite half blood prince i really love because i love a good backstory and i think we all do like because we're so into dungeons and dragons Mm -hmm. (laughs) i love a good backstory and we got voldemort's 
almost entire mm. backstory, but I really learned why he was the way he was. And I thought that was so interesting, but also important. Um, yeah. To how Harry was even supposed to find the Horcruxes. He had to understand Voldemort's backstory because, you know, he didn't just turn random objects into Horcruxes. They were important to him and trophies almost. And the way they did the movies, how was Harry supposed to figure any of that out without that knowledge of Voldemort's past? And I, oh. So I think, I will say too, for Goblet of Fire, I just want to say why I'm leaning more towards it. Aesthetically, they capture the awkwardness of teenage boys really well in Goblet of Fire. <laughs> like the, like asking girls to a dance, Ron dancing with McGonagall. I know that wasn't in the books, but like, it's, it good, it's very funny. Yeah. yeah. Um, and just like, Harry like looking at Cho and like taking a sip of pumpkin juice and it's spilling out of his mouth. I think that in ways the aesthetics of Goblet of Fire were done pretty well. Yeah, I will say we we've we've talked on this one for for quite some time, so I'm just gonna uh, rapid fire run down my notes uh, for Goblet of Fire hair. That was the biggest red note for me. So much <laughs> fucking hair. Why is there so much hair? The the moments uh, leading up to the crowd realizing, like after they use the port key to get Ced, uh, Harry and Cedric's body back, those moments where they're like, oh yeah, and then like leaning slowly into mm. the realization of what's happened, and then uh, Cedric's father with the my boy and all that crazy shit, yeah, um, is heart wrenching, and it, it's a it's a it's the best scene in the movie hands down for me, um, and everybody's so sad about Cedric except thirty seconds later, oh it's summertime now, let's. Things are going to be different, right? Yeah, but it's summertime. Yeah, summer. Uh, hags, everyone. Um, also, I hate Ron in this movie. I, I, I absolutely hate Ron in this movie. Even Neville's being helpful. Get your head out of your ass, you stupid ginger bitch. Um, <laughs> he, de- anyways. he deserves it. He does, yeah. And then as far as Half-Blood Prince goes, uh, Malfoy's arc is really cool in this. I, I do enjoy mm. his... Um, it, it's He's a victim of the circumstance that he was born into. And it, it's the first time I actually feel, listen, I know, I know. I know, I know. <laughs> He's made some choices. He has, but the choices <laughs> that he made were dictated by his upbringing. They, they am I wrong? I, I mean, too, though, like- He's a shit person. Prince, Voldemort was literally living at his house. Yeah. Like, you kind of have to do what he says when he's living at your house. Exactly um he i i love tom tom yeah. that's it what's the actor's tom, tom name felton. Tom, tom felton i think he does a magnificent job i have less pity for draco malfoy mm-hmm. i do i think that there were opportunities for jk to really delve into his character mm-hmm. and show kind of a arc but at, like in, in the deathly hallows he tries to fucking kill harry again after yeah. harry saves his life like nine fucking million times i just think at a certain point like at a certain point there's some accountability that needs to be happening and i know like maybe it's just because like i'm just like tired of you know teenage white boys getting away with shit but like <laughs> that's fair i don't know i get a little <laughs> i get a little peeved at uh the fact that he gets some pity i don't know but we've talked we've talked about this one a lot so uh we do have to move on i will i think honestly i'll officially vote for goblet of fire myself miranda uh, as much as it pains me to say just just because of what the criteria is, <laughs> I will vote for Goblet of Fire. I will also vote for Goblet of Fire. Gotcha. All right. We're out of the first round. Um, this next one, I think, is going to be very easy. I, I think we're all on the same page. I don't even think we need to uh, dwell on it too much. It's Prisoner of Azkaban versus Sorcerer's Stone, and it's obviously Prisoner of Azkaban. I'm kidding. It's obviously Sorcerer's Stone. I don't think anyone here is voting Prisoner. Um, yeah, I will say I understand why people enjoy Prisoner of Azkaban. I disagree with you on a visceral level. Um, it's not the worst Harry Potter movie. It is my least favorite Harry Potter movie. Um, and I will go to my grave cursing a whole bunch of things about it. It's it's Sorcerer's Stone. It's true to the book. The aesthetics are beautiful. Uh, Miranda, your thoughts on this matchup? Yes, it's Sorcerer's Stone. Um, absolutely. It... I- I, and I think it takes all three categories, personally. All right, Order the Phoenix versus Goblets of Fire. Miranda. I know I oh. know Mar- what Miranda's going to do. I was it's, yeah, well, it's, 
yeah, yeah, no, it's Order of the Phoenix. I, I can't vote for Goblet of Fire twice. Mm-hmm. I feel that. <laughs> uh, if not for the hair, I, I would feel better about Goblet of Fire. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on that. So, uh, Carolyn, uh, how, about, how about you lead it off since you're the one that seems, I don't know if, uh, if you're on the same page as both Miranda and I. I'm reading through it. So I'm reading through our aesthetics. Faithfulness to the book is a wash. Both of them leave very out. These are the two fattest books, right? They're thick. And like, they have so much detail in them. It's impossible to get everything in the movies. So faithfulness to the book, I I do think is a bit of a wash. Importance. Oh, wow. I actually don't know where I'm going to go. I think it's going to come down to aesthetics because importance Mm -hmm. to the overarching story. You have Goblet of Fire when Voldemort comes back, which is like super important. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you have Order of the Phoenix, which is the world realizing that he is back, as well as like, maybe it is a little bit less important. Mm, I think it is. Mm. I, I, Harry gets the prophecy in that one. But maybe Goblet edges it out. Huh, I think I'm voting for Goblet of Fire. <gasps> um, really? Uh, yeah, I'm like looking, I'm really thinking about it. I think Goblet of Fire is more important to the overarching story. And the aesthetics, I like the aesthetics better in Goblet of Fire with the exception of Dolores Umbridge in that casting being like incredible. I think Goblet mm-hmm. of Fire is just like, there's elements of it that are just like so beautiful and entertaining as well as it really just like does capture the awkwardness of being a teenager, which I think is part of the beauty of the book and the beauty of the series is that these are kids yeah. and like occasionally you need to be reminded that they're kids. So I think for aesthetics and importance to the story, I think that goes to Goblet of Fire for me. So I think mm-hmm. actually... I didn't expect this. I'm surprised by my own brain. <laughs> uh, yeah, Miranda, I, I, Miranda's like I'm cutting her off. <laughs> yeah, can we uh, can we take a break so I can Google numbers for divorce divorce lawyers? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this platonic partnership is over. There's <laughs> one thing I didn't mention, and again, sound like a broken record. Didn't read books. Maybe it's not in the book. But Dumbledore just making up rules for the Triwizard Tournament on a on just a whim. It's like, oh, Harry, you saved two people. That means you're in second place. That was never fucking described, and it's bullshit. It is the same thing that they're they're much better described. The the criteria is much better described in the book. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 almost it is the second most egregious Dumbledore just giving random people points for no (laughs) fucking reason in the entire series. So Miranda is officially voting for Order of the Phoenix. Is that is that correct? Yes. And Carolyn is officially gobbled a fire. I'm I'm still on the fence. Mm-hmm. Like the more I like, or I think Order of the Phoenix is a better movie, mm-hmm. and I think it's like truer to the book. Ah, I don't know. Let me make it easier for you, Carolyn, because okay. I'm I'm voting Order of the Phoenix. Okay, great. Love <laughs> I, <it. yeah>. Okay. <laughs> I, if it came down to me, I would have been like, oh no. I think I probably like if it had been a tiebreaker, I would have gone Order of the Phoenix just because I think it is the better movie. All right. So we are to our finals. Uh, the number four overall seed, Sorcerer Stone, versus the number three overall seed, Order of the Phoenix. I think I said Order there. It is Order <laughs> of the Phoenix because I can't speak good. But yeah, uh, I don't like this matchup because I love both of these movies. Um, well, I'm so I'm curious. So were Sorcerer Stone and Order of the Phoenix? Did you say those were the two no red ones? Those are, uh, those are yeah those are the two ones i have no red ah, for. Um, interesting yeah i do have neutral notes in order of the phoenix and not sorcerer's stone but that was i i when i was writing notes i was going in chronological order and i implemented uh neutral notes somewhere around goblet of fire um was it just hair, hair. Yeah, yeah, no no <laughs> the hair is red carolyn it is Red. Harry Potter and the movie where everyone needed a haircut. Yes. God. (laughs) Red. It's the worst. I fucking hate it. They didn't have the budget for a hairstylist. (laughs) Do one of you two want to start this? Because I don't know how to. This is a tough one. When going into the podcast, I had in my head, I had a very clear winner going now going into this round this discussion I am a little bit torn Mm -hmm. um and I wasn't expecting to be I don't know it's hard because it's you know Sorcerer's Stone was easy to turn into a movie and be true to the books and get it all right Order of the Phoenix was really difficult to turn into a movie and given what they had to work with they did a very good job so i'm hmm, i'm torn i'm not quite sure yet Mm. 
Yeah, I get that. It's I, I find it very interesting that I mean, the Sorcerer's Stone is is the first in the whole series, but uh, because of that, it is the first movie with just this bright, whimsical feeling. And Order of the Phoenix is really the first one that has that dark tone. And the it, first it's just, one that should have correct. that right, dark <laughs> right. <tone. laughs> we don't count prisoner here, um, but anyways, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's just so interesting because they are two very very different movies as far as the feel goes um however going by the criteria which is something i have not done in this entire tournament so far um again i can't talk about faithfulness to the book but um importance to the story as important of things you know as important the things are that happens in order the phoenix there really isn't a movie more important than sorcerer's stone it had to be good Mm. it had to get the job done and it did um and then as far as aesthetics go, that's what makes me lean towards Order of the Phoenix because we love a good trauma. However, <laughs> the, <laughs> the just how, because so I like the aesthetic Order of the Phoenix goes to more as for a movie, but I do like, I think they did a better job on just the bright, whimsical, magical aesthetics of Sorcerer's Stone, um, which does make me lean towards Sorcerer's Stone. I'm not upset at how this bracket has shaped out up to this point at all, and I won't be upset uh, no matter which one of these two uh, ends up being our champion, but um, I am leaning Sorcerer's Stone. So I'm uh, curious. Carolyn, where are you at? Um, as someone who is like not a dark and twisted soul, um, I do like, so- well, um, arguable, uh, I do like Sorcerer's Stone more. I I mean, it's also the nostalgia factor for me, like mm-hmm. seeing this as a kid. And I loved the books. Like I read this for the first time when I was seven years old. And I remember staying up way past my bedtime, reading it and figuring out that it was Quirrell behind um, the fire and not Snape. And that kind of whole setup being completely unexpected when you're a little kid. Mm. Um, it's, and I can't, I can't get over Richard Harris is such a much better Dumbledore, yeah. uh, so much more akin to what I imagined. Uh, I yeah, I think I'm going to go Sorcerer's Stone. It is so faithful to the book. It is so beautiful, and it's so important. Mm-hmm. So I I yeah, I think my vote is Sorcerer. I think Sorcerer's Stone is the one that's most like like uh, your first D and D campaign where it's like just just unraveling the story and the mystery, and you have new friends that you're making that sort of thing. Um, But yeah, uh, Miranda, uh, what are you thinking? Um, Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with what I decided on one week ago before we had any discussions, (laughs) which is that um, Sorcerer's Stone. makes my job very easy because I still have no idea which one I would have voted and now I don't have to I'll just say Sorcerer's Stone to be on the same page as everyone else so right. number um, one is number one number one Suck it, is number one and it, it is it is important uh for you uh, wonderful listeners uh to know that this as all of our brackets are this isn't what movie should be your favorite this is this is a bracket to determine why you're wrong not necessarily what you should like um but yeah uh so uh, final thoughts on how the bracket shook uh, shook out miranda um i'm really happy with um probably more happy than i thought i would have you know if you showed me this a week ago um i <laughs> would have not been happy but um <laughs> I, I i like the way it played out especially having some discussions um and yeah i just am very adamant that uh so many listeners were just so very wrong so wrong this time around (laughs) it was rough it was a rough one well listen i personally again i am not going to shit on what people like like if you like things like yes like them love them with all your heart tell us why you're wrong we tell us why we're wrong (laughs) (laughs) freudian slip (laughs) you know i'm never wrong i've never known what that feeling's like but you're welcome to try to teach me um but we want to hear like your passion speeches about why you love prisoner of azkaban or why you love deathly hallows like we we want to hear that the whole experience of being nerdy and being a part of the nerd is the word family is that we want to hear discourse and we want to understand and happily discuss and debate and fierily debate uh why we love what we love uh so um while 
I know my opinions on prisoner of Azkaban can be quite contentious. Uh, I do welcome you telling me that I am incorrect. Uh, and I hope that nobody walks away from this thinking that we're just shitting on something you love. Because uh, if you love something, love it. Love it with all your heart. We appreciate it. I mean, we love Twilight. So yeah, we, we are do. not ones to pass judgment. Yeah. Unless yeah. what you love hurts someone else, then don't love that. Yes. Stop loving that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and you loving Prisoner of Azkaban hurts me. <laughs> um, all right, let's do some quick plugs. Um, just scrolling down. All right, yell at us on Twitter. We are at the Nerd the Word, our Facebook group, which is open and anyone can join and anyone can vote as long as you are respectful of everyone else is the nerd is the word on facebook and uh if you have questions comments concerns ideas for future episodes or you want to be a guest on the podcast please email us at nerd is the word 413 at gmail.com or honestly just text either adam or myself everyone who listens knows us so we we understand we still have gotten zero <laughs> emails it's real sad actually <laughs> we don't even have spam kids yeah. like <laughs> Hey, just email us and say what's up and we'll give you a yeah. shout out on the next episode yeah. if you want to send us a personalized hate letter yeah. adam's address is and if you're one of those people who likes to you know write it out so it feels more impactful just scan it and email it it's fine yeah. you can still write it We're out happy. technology yeah. exists <laughs> uh, one more big big thank you to our guest this week my platonic life partner miranda shabowski um, all right. In the meantime, remember that we love you, love each other, and find some joy in this world. We will see you next week.